This is Nathan Kirk, and I've got really good news. This is episode five of The Kingdom is Here, and today we are talking about the kingdom of God and how we were made to rule. In the last episode, I had chatted for a little while about how we as humanity were created to have dominion and kind of went into what that meant a little bit, how humanity was created to take care of business, to dominate, to have that dominion and to rule. And if we are created to rule, how then in this day and age that we are living, how are we supposed to rule? There's a lot packed into that right there. So let's see where this goes. So today we're talking about how we rule in this day and age. And to do that, what I would like for us to do is actually just to look at our king and how he ruled. By that, what I mean, we look to our perfect example of leadership and ruling and kingship, Jesus Christ. He is our king, and he is the king of all the kings. If you're listening to this and you don't follow him, this is not meant to be arrogant um, or haughty, um, but candidly speaking, he is the king of every king in this world, in the world that is to come. He is the king of all. If you have not allied yourself with him, I'm encouraging you to do so. Scripture tells us that there will come a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is our King. And so we look to him as the greatest example of what it means to rule and to lead and to live. Now, he spent much of his earthly ministry as one who traveled and taught. Everywhere that he went, you will find Jesus helping people, performing miracles, like real miracles, and then teaching along the way. Nicodemus referred to him as a rabbi or teacher, and Interestingly enough, Nicodemus asked him the question about the kingdom of heaven. That was a discussion that he and Jesus were having in John chapter 3. We would understand the term rabbi to mean just that teacher. And it was a specific term that was utilized during that time to denote knowledge and wisdom and authority. He was recognized everywhere he went as somebody who had just that knowledge, wisdom, and authority. Now, yes, there were some that would say this tongue-in-cheek. Oh, rabbi, you know, they might say kind of mockingly, sarcastic as it were. But regardless, Jesus exhibited these teacher-like or rabbinical tendencies when he spoke and he helped and worked with and dealt with people. Oftentimes, he would speak in parables or stories that would be used to illustrate a moral. One of the most familiar interactions that Jesus had throughout his ministry was the question 
and answer interaction, often a question being asked as a teaser of sorts. For example, there was this question that was asked of Jesus in Matthew 22. A woman has had seven husbands in, in series, not you know like concurrently, but the question is asked, whose wife will she be in the life to come? So Jesus takes that question and he turns it on its head. Or in Matthew 22, a little earlier, is it lawful for a devout Jew to pay taxes to the Roman authorities? It was asked as a teaser to try and trap Jesus. Or in Mark chapter 10, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 18? And the one who asks the question or puts it forward acts almost like a straw man. Um, he's setting up the opportunity for Rabbi Jesus, Teacher Jesus, to drive the point home, often by standing the question on its head. So you'll find this in the book of Matthew, chapter number 5, that Jesus is beginning the what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. This is like his almost inaugural speech that he's making, where crowds have gathered to hear what this Jesus has to say. He's gained somewhat of a reputation. He's gaining some followers. He even has disciples with him and people that are choosing to follow his teachings and his examples. So it's really kind of garnered a lot of energy uh, and excitement among the people and even expectation. So this is the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's one of the most influential and well-known sermons that Jesus gives. And he spends about a quarter of that sermon, about 25%, addressing the following concepts. He would say something along the lines of, you have heard it said, then he would tell you what you've heard said, and then he'd stand it on its head and he'd say, but I tell you a different way. So in Matthew chapter 5, and verse 21, for example, this is where you see it come up right away. It says, you've heard it said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. I think that's fairly you know, good advice. Um, you know, I think we should probably follow that. Jesus says, but I say to you, oh, oh no, wait, wait, you're going to change this rule or change this law? You're going to relax this a little bit? No, no, he actually doesn't do that. He says, I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother, if you're just angry with your brother, you will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to of hellfire. Now, wait a second. I thought Jesus was coming in to be kind to everybody and to uh, show love and mercy and compassion. That's exactly what he's doing here. He's saying it's not just the action of murder. It's when there's murder in your heart. That's where, that's where the issue lies. He says, you've heard it said that you shouldn't murder. And we would say, okay, great. Yeah, you're right. But he says, I'm going to take this a little further. I'm going to go a little, little bit farther down the road. 
Or how about verse 27 of the same chapter? You have heard that it was said, um, you should not commit adultery. And you know, we say, yeah, Jesus, that's, I'm, I'm on board with that. Well, I think we would say that. I mean, our world that we're living in now, well, anyway, I don't want to get into all that. <laughs> next time, on the next episode. Anyway, <laughs> um, he says, you should not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And he gives a solution to that. Wait a second. This is supposed to be kind, gentle Jesus. And now he's coming down with some pretty, pretty hefty laws or rules that we're supposed to follow. I don't, I don't know if I like this version of Jesus. I don't know if I like this. Or verse number 38, the same chapter. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Like, you know, whatever happens to you or whatever's taken from you, you can just exact the same level of judgment or justice or righteousness in some ways um, for that. You can get that back by exacting that out against the person that took it from you. We would say, well, that seems fair, right? Um, Jesus kind of turns that on its head and he says, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. It's like, don't fight with them. Hear me today, if you're listening to this and you're part of this kingdom, this, these aren't my words like my opinions. This is Jesus. Your king is talking to you. Not, not me. <laughs> but your king through his word, like his word tells you this. You don't have to hear this from me. You don't have to take my word for it. Like, go and find it in the book. He says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You've heard it said, verse 43, just picking this up, Jesus is on a roll. He says, you've heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Oh boy. I don't know if I really like all of this ruling business in the way that Jesus did it, in the way that he instructed to do it. Our, our king, our conquering king, that is exactly how he ruled. That is exactly how he conducted himself. He didn't allow those that would try to pervert the message of the kingdom to get away with it. But when you listen to the standards that Jesus gives for living, you'll find that he lived this out. He showed us how to conduct himself, how the king of all kings, the mighty God, the everlasting father and prince of peace, how Jesus conducted himself. He took their concepts and the appearance of those concepts and he turned them on their head. And the message here is that Jesus is not giving people just another list of rules to memorize. He's doing something altogether different and layered. You want to know how to rule? 
and to have dominion in this age that we're living in, nobody has had the influence like Jesus has had influence. Nobody in the history of time has had the same level of influence that Jesus Christ has had. We're still talking about him. We're still teaching his principles. We're still living, at least we're trying to, I hope, according to his precepts. Nobody has had the influence that he's had. And he didn't do it with strength of arms or force or by appearing dominant. He did it through giving his life as a sacrifice. He's taken the concept and the appearance of actions being the way to salvation and turning that on its head. He's starting to write a new law and that new law being written in our hearts. He's taking the old concepts of what they had always been taught of right and wrong and debunking it with truth. Now, before I go any further, um, this is not a license, I would say. This is not a license to start taking truth and exchanging that for convenience. Now, you could hear all of this and say, yeah, he said that I could just do it. No, 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 hold on, time out. If you look at the standards that Jesus gives, he actually starts to tighten those up a little bit, well, quite a bit. This is not a license to take truth and exchange it for convenience. And there are some things that you've heard it said to be true, that they're true. In the days that we're living in, it's not a time to begin exchanging truth for lies. And, and that alone might even be a subject all on its own, how, on how we rule. We rule by first recognizing that there is truth and that it's not your truth. It is the truth. I know that flies in the face of what so many people in our culture would say today, but, but there is not your own truth. There is only the truth. That's not restrictive. That's freeing. Because if truth is subjective, then, then so is morality. Everything essentially is subjective at that point if truth is subjective. And everything can be excused because of perspective if truth is subjective. And while I do appreciate that some of us think and live in vibrant colors of gray areas, there are some things that, quite frankly, are black and white, right and wrong. And that's not up to us. We, as, as followers of Jesus Christ and members of his kingdom, it's not up to us to determine what that is. We look to our king for his guidance. In fact, this same sermon, Jesus continues talking and he tells us, as he's telling you, he says, seek first, if you want to seek anything, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his right ways of living along with his kingdom. Seek those things first and all those other things that you're seeking will be added to you. So let's quickly go back. I, I want to wrap this up. Um, we're going to go back to the question of how do we rule? If we're to have dominion and to dominate and rule, we don't do it in the way that we think we should. Because as soon as you lean on your own strength, your own understanding, your own ways of thinking, you lead yourself to destruction. When you are a follower of Christ and a part of his kingdom, you rule his ways. And it turns out that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts 
on how things should be are not our thoughts. And as high as the heavens are above this earth, so are his thoughts above our own. On your best day, you still don't even come close. So we lean and rely on him. The way that you rule when you're a part of this kingdom, the way that you rule is by turning this world on its head. You rule the same way that King Jesus did. Now you might say, well, that's not very effective in this world. Well, sure it didn't look effective when Jesus was on trial. Sure it didn't look effective when he was being threatened and they were trying to take his life. Sure it didn't look effective when he was being beaten within an inch of his life and then forced to carry a cross up a hill where he was crucified naked for everybody to see. It didn't look effective when he was in a tomb. But you find out that when he rose from the dead in victory, conquering death, hell, and the grave, it turns out it was pretty effective. Turns out that no matter what anybody can do to you, you have a perfect example of Jesus Christ on how you can dominate in this world. And when you do so, when you live your life as a living sacrifice unto God, you will win. And yes, there will be those who choose to take advantage of this, just as they did with Jesus. And should they choose to take advantage over you because of the grace and the mercy that you are displaying, by the way, it's the same grace and mercy that has been shown to you, then consider yourself blessed to be counted worthy to be considered for this suffering. That doesn't sound like ruling, does it? 1 Peter 4 and 12 says this. It says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, just take that in, when his glory is, like when everybody sees the glory of God revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, you're blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Verse 16 of that chapter, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, as a member of his kingdom, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. You've heard it said in taking dominion, in ruling, in, in dominating. You've heard it said that might makes right. But Jesus, your king, tells you something different. So I say to you, let's rule his way. Thank you for joining in today. I hope this is helpful.